and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And I'm Mr. Frog! <laughs> I'm going to ruin it for you! Ruin it! <laughs> Calm down, Kevin. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not have give Mary more work to do. Calm no, down. No, this is not work. This is fun. Because you're not editing it. All right, this week we are celebrating our 100th recording with a little something we like to call Vampalooza. Woohoo! Before we get into exactly what Vampalooza is, uh, we are joined today by several very special guests. Um, Obviously, Mr. Frog. Yay, me! (laughs) Along with Jackie. Holla. And Jillian. Hey, Vampalooza So I don't have a ton of announcements. Um, Obviously, by the time you all hear this, the Slayer's Audible drama will have been out for a while. I love it. Mia loves it. We're going through it slowly. I love it. it, Yeah, it only gets played when we're both in the car. So we're going through it very (laughs) slowly. But we love it. Jackie loves it. It is so good. Um, I definitely got a little choked up hearing some of the voices. So yeah, just amazing and i think this is the first of several seasons they're going to do i hope so oh, yeah I hope so um amber benson said something along that line apparently the way it ends um which we haven't gotten there yet but i've heard several people say the way it ends definitely leads on to uh more is coming Woohoo! yeah i hope so it does i can confirm because i finished it <laughs> ja- jackie can confirm um but yeah, so speaking of hearing this, like fingers crossed, you guys will get to hear this soon. Um, offline, we just had a, a long discussion about where the strikes are headed. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully near future. But for reference, we are recording this the weekend before Halloween. Yeah. The WD strike is over. The SAG strike, uh, they've been meeting for several weeks now. So I, I mean, I have, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it, but I, I, I'm thinking that they're going to hammer this out before the end of the year because nobody wants to go on vacation with with this not being resolved that's the thing that worried me is they were like well it's next week or the studios x are going on their two-month vacation and will resume in january yeah okay no they're whoever their press team is this is my other rant is like the stupidest ever <laughs> like i know they hired a press team because they were shooting they were going out publicly and shooting themselves in the foot but nobody in this business like anybody reading it knows that nobody goes on a two-month vacation that's not a thing so they're gonna be going on vacation probably like the last three weeks of december so they want to have it done before then i guess they think it's congress <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Who are you, what are you mitch mcconnell they're <laughs> <laughs> as evil as he is oh at this point yeah <laughs> Okay, so Vampapalooza. Um, We thought for this episode, it would be fun to just talk about vampire media in general, specifically our favorite and least favorite pieces of it. And let me tell you, narrowing down my favorites was really, really hard. So I might have (laughs) cheated a bit and grouped things under umbrella items. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. So um, I think it's safe to say that like most everyone sitting here, our favorite thing is probably the Buffyverse. Yes. Would we, I mean, would we be sitting here if it wasn't? Buffy yeah. Buffy definitely was the launch pad of like for, for our generation for a lot of the vampire media and getting into it. It definitely like stacked 
up to Buffy. Mary and I watched Interview with the Vampire. Yeah, and so did I. Yeah, now first. that, yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. So Anne Rice and Interview came first. Kindred came the year before Buffy. And oh. there was Buffy. I think Buffy was what exploded yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. In 94 and 96, we had these also very big properties. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like in retrospect... I don't know how big the Kindred property truly was, but in no, my experiential life, big. it was huge. It was huge. So like, it's for, very hard for me. to be like unbiased <laughs> about that. I can tell it wasn't very huge. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't. We're just fan people. The funny, well, then that's the that's the funny thing about especially meeting like this group of people, and like especially when I met Mary and G. I was the only person that I knew that had watched Kindred. Oh, really? Love this dumb yeah yeah like a lot of and for a lot of things like nobody else I knew had watched it even like my friend Becky at the time who she and I liked a lot of the same stuff I don't think she had watched it so like finding other people who knew this stupid ass Aaron Spelling show that was like the godfather Melrose Place and interview with the vampire all rolled into one it it was delightful like meeting like meeting like meeting you guys like again and we we've said this so long like i wish i knew you people when i was in school yes because we would have all been we were all into the same things at the same time but in different places so i think whether kindred was on your radar or not had to do with with if you were already a vampire girl by that time, because Kindred, there was enough. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it a role playing game? Yeah, yes. yes. Vampire yeah. the Masquerade had been out and was big enough that somebody looked at this and said, "This would make a good television show." So, if you were already keyed into like the White Wolf, Warm of Darkness pipeline, mm-hmm. which those of us who hung out in Wizards of the Coast were, yeah. yep. It was a little bit more on your radar. Yeah, I, I, I got into the, the tabletop games, let's just say, uh, a little later. And when I was in college, um, that was pretty buffy. But uh, the uh, Vampire the Masquerade people were the nerds of the nerds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you calling us supreme nerds? Are we Jonathan? <laughs> wow. I was just going to ask if we were going to have the South Park goth versus vampire kid uh, like conversation here. <laughs> Though in the 90s, they were more of the same. Yeah, in the yeah. 90s, they were like yeah. the 2000s once the thing we're going to rant about in a little bit was dropped. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Could you imagine if, if Kindred had been super successful and they'd had like an entire extended like White Wolf, like RPG television, like, universe there was so much potential with kindred and as i was sitting there watching it last like over the past couple days i think what bothered me about the show and it probably bothered me when i was watching it too well frank's Frank's hair hair, that's that's a whole other story the constant dropping of the names the clans like constantly i'm bruja you're gangrel you're like like (laughs) if they would have taken at like some of that dialogue was just so clunky that i could see why it didn't i mean well mark frankel also died well and mark frankel died yes well yes we it falls under like the like the whole I don't know if it's because of that back then, but like things you shouldn't do when filmmaking It's like it had like you watch this and it shows you all the things that you shouldn't do versus 
actually doing. There was a lot of there was a lot of uh, get a good boom mic guy, so you don't much, have to yeah. overdub all your audio. <laughs> oh yeah, Kevin. Kevin was very. Kevin was when we were watching the DVDs last night. Kevin was very. <laughs> what version of the DVDs were you watching? I have a new version. I have no, the. Like, so we new- have the new version. They definitely yeah. remastered that yeah. pilot, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I have the new, that new, like, little... That comes with the book of Nod? Yeah. Yeah, I oh. ordered that version. Yeah. <laughs> I the as soon as they, as as they oh came out God. with that version, yeah. Like, the moment I saw it had the book of Nod, Jillian, I was like, done. <laughs> yeah. You just 100% unlocked a memory of something I'd forgotten existed on this earth, and it was the book of Nod. The book of Nod. I <laughs> copy yeah. of in the day. Yeah. I mean, I've spent the past couple of days like searching the PDFs online and like rereading through the 1997 version of the Clan Giovanni clan book. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys, uh, so I'm looking at the writers because, you know, you're talking about some clunky dialogue, which some of that, some of that uh, goes to trust your audience, Mm -hmm. which, you know, not one of the reasons we love Buffy is they trust their audience, right? Yeah. Um, Not a lot of, you know unneeded exposition well yeah like yeah. what i like i would like the whole show don't tell like right, they did exactly. they did too much telling instead of just it was it was right. like and a, this, this guy wrote a, story, a lot of though. like kind of schlocky stuff yeah. the main creator the main uh writer he wrote for miami vice to give you kind of uh <laughs> like I idea of where he was coming the, from i think one of the biggest problems is and if if that show would have been made today, if you had a good genre writer, someone who is used to writing in a world like this, it could be like. Yeah, it's also that was how they wrote. Like you said, the Miami Vice That's how they wrote back in the day. Everything's set up like a cinema now. Everything's a everything's a motion picture, even though it's everything's episodic. film quality. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's it's even the writing style is set up for that versus those those cheesy love boat that that you know the all the old series there were a few series that stand up like star tracks and stuff like that they wrote more Mm -hmm. cinemagraphic style versus the the series which people always think of stuff like that but everything was terrible back then (laughs) there's a lot of really good stuff but like this was this was like a prime time vampire soap opera mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. like intended to be like a genre a genre right. exploration it was like a like fang and bang like soap opera yeah yeah style, mary like, found thing. an ad that was but that was yeah. the x-files and kindred and like two hours it was billed as two hours of seduction. Yeah. Oh, no. What was the episode? Nothing what says seduction like Dana Scully and uh, Foxy Blazers. I don't all right, know if God. it even says what the X-File episode was. Hold yeah. on. Let me like, find I would like to know with, this, with, this show could have been done much better with like a niche audience, kind of like with, um, was it, who, who, who does um the werewolf show? Um, which werewolf the, show? I don't know. The new one with the teenagers. Teen Wolf? Teen Wolf. Yeah, teenagers, teenage, teenagers, and werewolves. Teen Wolf, kind of more of a, been so like, different. Like, of which is like, it Sarah Michelle Gellar? That's the one she's, oh, she's on. On the she's pack. A yeah, she's on yeah. the Wolf Pack. Yeah. Oh, she's on the Wolf Pack. Yeah. Okay, hold on. So it does not say. All the ad says is two incredible hours of seduction. The X Files, Kindred, the Embraced. If you didn't believe, you will tonight. But I looked up what episode aired on April twenty fourth, nineteen ninety six, and it is Talitha Kumi. 
And it's the one with the guy who, uh, after his mother suffers a stroke under strange circumstances, Mulder searches for a strange benevolent alien man that possesses miraculous hearing powers, which is the, no, is that the right one? Hold on. Um, it says it, that's the first thing that comes up on IMDb. So it must be. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, no, yeah. it says it aired May 17th night. Hold on. We got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> it lied to me. Liar. Oh, X was a special night so there's no because it's april 12th and then april 26th oh okay so there's no way to know what episode they aired that night okay so they must have had like some sort of one of their sexy episodes on that night yeah <laughs> but part of the story <laughs> of seduction on fox yeah but, okay so i have a question because i mean i admit it was clunky dialogue but if we were to make this show today how do you get that information out about the clans without having people repeat it enough that it, it you have like you have somebody like it it's like I there there's no problem with exposition like having like like we said having a Giles who explains like what's going on like somebody somebody doing research somebody finding out about so like it the scene Even with Frank if, where he's explaining what the kindred is you have yeah. him list all the clans at that well, time no no like there no. there's ways I mean, there's ways time. of like if because there's only eight episodes like you don't need to drop each of the names every single time they, they did it like, a couple of good times like when. When they when he met the biker, like uh, if he's um, anyone sired by him is a friend to me. He mentioned it there, but then they kept mentioning it again and mentioning and again. mentioning and the, the bruhaha, the bruhaha, the bruhaha. Well, yeah, I mean, he, that that just is the bruhaha, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> if you like, if if you if you like, you can get that there is tension between the gangrels and the bruhaha. You can get that there's you know that Sasha being turned by one of the Bruja is going to cause a problem with, and like you can get the whole Romeo and Juliet thing without constantly saying you're, you're Bruja. I'm Gangrel. We can't be together. Like there's, there's ways of being subtle about it. Yeah, without and, and constantly say like you get that there's tension between the clans. You get that there's, you get that there, that the Toreador are, you know, the artists and all of that. Like you can understand that things are happening without, tossing it out and like constantly saying endangers the masquerade endangers the masquerade like constantly dropping the terms because your audience will understand that things are can understand things without throwing out everything all the time like well, look at game of thrones right because you know you have you have a bunch of different houses and they just they solve it by without a giles right by filming in different locations. Mm-hmm. So so it's like, okay, we've established Lannisters live here. You know, th- th- these other people live here. And so if you if you have a bunch of like establishing shots with like different clans and different locations, you might be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, because well. like you you see you see Lily at the club and you see how beautiful and elegant she is. And then, you know, the episode where you see the guy that she sired, you know, you kind of understand how you know it works for that clan just by looking at eddie fiore and the bruja you can tell what they're all about you can tell that they're you know that there are these real mobster type guys you take a look at cash you know and they're all on their motorcycles like the gangrels were the most like odd the 
kind of biker thing was fine. Yeah. But then they also tried to make them the Ravnos by saying that, oh, we're like Romany people. No, no, you're not. You're actually Norse. But like, they did weird, they did weird shit but with the clans. That's, that's <laughs> out of, you know, but that's, you know, let's, let's leave all of the other book, you know, all yeah. of, again, we don't need the white, we're going to wipe away all the other white wolf. We're going like what they had, but, what they but were they- working with. They did. They did a decent job. Like like some of them, they left out. Except for like the main ones, they kept poking at. Like the Nosferatu, they they kind of like introduced him subtly. He was weird looking. He was a guy that he talked to. They they hinted at it. That was fine. And like because they wanted it to leave it a little mysterious, and it it, it had it had that feeling. But you could have left that with all of them. You yeah. didn't have to slap you in the face. But again, that's not the. But, the but they could have went the wrong way with um. The, the like the continental uh, as a recent show where they tell you absolutely nothing and you're yeah. totally confused yeah yeah <laughs> again like this this was a primetime soap opera this wasn't like a genre <laughs> world building show yeah like, yeah the, a- the way this was the purpose was to remind you of what the conflicts are have people do a bunch of smooshing and punching and having emotion i think though like yes it was a genre it was a primetime show but I think they went a little too overboard with like making your making the audience like it wasn't it wasn't this show is 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 deep inside my heart right same here that's why I'm like it wasn't a great show no oh it wasn't what we love about it was the idea and the idealized memories of the show and the formative part in our like we like vampires. But we were talking about Here how we is. can make it better. But if you did it now, you do it, it'd be entirely different. And that's how I would right? make it today. <laughs> yeah. It would be an entirely different thing. It would be a genre show. T- tastes were starting to change at that time because it was easier to make uh, higher production uh shows back then like the, the digital cameras and all that was starting to come out and they kind of went the opposite way they kind of wanted to bring back that cheesy soap on set thing quickly because it was aaron spelling yeah yeah, yeah. but buffy mm-hmm. kind of went the other way as if they kind of set it up more of a which yeah. is why it did better than the other one because it, it had that more more uh cinematographic and, and things progressively got towards that now everything everything's a movie <laughs> To, to explain to uh, the Gen Z audience, <laughs> we, think we probably have quite a few of them. Um, there, you know, everything now, like you said, is is film quality, right? We 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 expect our TV shows to be as good as uh, as a movie that you would see in the theater. Um, but back then, what we called network television, which was like ABC, Fox. Uh, NBC, CBS, stuff that you uh, would come home and see live. That was the only time you could see it. This is where Kindred fit in into that primetime space. And then, you know, there were people like us who also liked what you call like genre television, which tended to have more highbrow stories, you know, when you're looking at your Star Trek. Um, the So that wasn't something like a... a Typically, a mainstream audience was not going to tune into Star Trek, but but you know us like nerds yeah. loved it. But the problem was the the technology that we have now to make some stuff really cool was just emerging at the time. 
you know, and, and looking back and having people see like Buffy and, and they might see certain things as like certain special effects as cheesy, but that was for us, that was cool because there was not a lot of like special effect work on television because they just thought, oh, this is too expensive Mm -hmm. or the technology is not there. Since we're talking, since you brought up effects, one of the things I will say, one of my favorite moments in Kindred is with Lily when she's a wolf and it slowly like focuses on her eyes because Stacey Hyduck's eyes are the most beautiful eyes I have seen in a woman in for like I don't know and it focuses on her eyes as she turns back into as she's watching um Julian and Caitlin together like that's like that like I think they used all of their budget on that episode just for that transformation so speaking of Stacey Haldick and the the idea that this is a primetime soap opera, she mm-hmm. is now on Days of Our Lives playing yep. like Kristen and Susan and all those characters that look alike. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very excited to read that. And since we're since we are talking about soap operas, I am gonna segue into Dark Shadows. I like now of course I am too young to have been the original run of Dark Shadows, but sci-fi back in the day used to play like a block marathon of it in the afternoon. And I knew like my mom, my aunt, they love Dark Shadows. And then I ended up loving Dark Shadows, which it was the perfect cheesy vampire soap opera. So again, for you young kids who you really need to watch Dark Shadows, it's on... (laughs) Skip, skip the dumbass Tim Burton movie. I like the movie. <laughs> I, uh, I can't, I can't, I just, I can't. But so you have Barnabas Collins, who was turned into a vampire in the 1700s because this witch was in love with him, but he was in love with this other woman. There is curses. There's people that are they look alike because everybody's playing two different characters in two different time frames. It is the most there's ends up being werewolves, there's dream curses, there is a Frankenstein's monster. I it I I love it. I love it. That is one of my fav- all-time favorites. And I mean unfortunately there's like 1200 episodes or something of it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's plenty to work with for a good TV reboot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they did try to they they have been trying. They've rebooted. They definitely rebooted it once in the 90s. There was, again, a short lived a short lived series that covered just part of one of the arcs. And unfortunately, I think I, I don't remember it. There there was something like there was one of the big world event, like big events in the United States that happened in the 90s. It kept getting preempted. It might have even been the O.J. Simpson trial. Um, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't really have like it kept getting. It's one of those shows that just kept getting preempted and moved around. So it never it never got picked up. But they have been trying to reboot that series for the longest time. I think there's there's another one that there's a pilot that they did that has, I think, Jessica Chastain as mm. as Carolyn. Collins. Is that the one the CW was going to do and then canceled? Yes. Yeah, I think that one is the CW one. Um, and there's always been talk about reboots of Dark Shadows. And then again, yes, there was the Tim Burton movie that kind of crushed everything into into it. 
I see. But I thought the movie was good. I'm I'm very biased because <laughs> I've been I'm, watching I've been watching that damn Dark Shadows for ten thousand years. Yeah. So the series was ninety one. So yeah, it might have been yeah. the OJ trial. It sounds yeah. Is that right? The onset of the Gulf War. Oh, the Gulf, okay, the Gulf War. Oh. NBC to okay. completely preempt or reschedule the episode. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew it was going to be either. Yeah. That's when Jackie was living in Germany. I was living in Germany. <laughs> I had very little access to American television. <laughs> Mostly just Fraggle Rock and Jazzercise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All you need is Fraggle Rock. I was watching basically... everything was Nick at night shows. So like 90% of my references from like television when I was in elementary school is, is like a boomer's reference. (laughs) (laughs) So like you mentioned in dark shadows that like everybody looks like somebody else. So here I have a, I have a question for Jillian now, because I know at least on the book front, she is an expert on this. Do we think the writer of the vampire diaries was a fan of dark shadows because um, doppelgangers play a huge part in that? I mean, I am not familiar enough with dark shadows to have a (laughs) great deal of opinion on that, but L.J. Smith, bless her heart. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she did because there is so much hung on the doppelgangers in that story. Like all the pivotal plot is based mm-hmm. entirely around it. Yeah. That if that's heavy and dark, wherever there are doppelgangers, like this bitch was looking before she broke <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Let me tell you my love for LJ Smith. Like everything about those, I love that. The from, you know the Forbidden Game trilogy is I one know. of all time. <laughs> I love it. It's wait, it's it. Mm, it's good. It's it's got. But that's that's not the vampire one. But yeah, like the Vampire Diaries. Just everything about that hit right in the sweet spot of everything that I wanted books to be right in that like early teen times. I was gonna say, when were those books originally? Was I, that about the like interview with the vampire kindred Buffy times? It's got to have been. There was um, so much, there was so much vampire. Jesus, that show started in 2009. I, we, I am so old. Jillian, <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the show as well? I watched, this is something you might hear a lot from me as we talk about things. I watched like the first half of the seasons and haven't finished the series. Not on purpose, just haven't. Um, 91 to 92 is the book series for the vampire. Okay, so that was like, that. that's the earliest thing we have so far, except for like Anne Rice's books. Yeah. So, but yeah. like, this would be more in the line of coming across these books earlier, perchance, because they were like YA style. This, this is like middle school, seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. Like, ooh, what's this? Yeah. I was reading Stephen King in elementary school because nobody policed the books I took out of the library. Oh, we were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mom's so, like, lot was your yeah. introduction to vampires, is what you're telling um, us. Yeah. I, and again, like, and, and, you know, like, I and I think I've talked to Dracula. I think I've talked before about how, like, my mom gave me V.C. Andrews books. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I read Wheel of Time at, like, 13. Like, I don't, like, I, I don't, you know, like, yeah, like you said, it was, a like, we weren't policed in what we. And that was the best thing about our childhood. Like, our parents and grandparents would be like, what are you watching on TV? But if it was a book. i was not allowed to watch the simpsons growing up so like i I am one of the few people i don't know if you feel this way mary who does not have a deep 
connection to The Simpsons. Nope. I never watched. No, same. I wasn't either. Yeah, I, wasn't I wasn't allowed either. to. Everybody else would watch it. It wasn't that I wasn't allowed to watch it. I just wasn't into that type of humor. That's why, like, my main cartoon thing, aside from Bob's Burgers, which everybody watches now, is South Park, because that mm-hmm. was the first, like, raunchy cartoon I was yeah. allowed to watch because yeah. I was older. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of set the American... Um, uh, adult cartoon in swing. You know, without South Park, there wouldn't be Archer or Rick and Morty or any of that Adult Swim stuff. Yeah, yeah. That that that's it. That's I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Away. I wasn't allowed to watch Married with Children. I had to watch that late at night if oh, nobody see, was. We home. were. We watched. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, either. We were. We see. I was see, like The Simpsons. I was, actually, I would say if, would have been more pushed allowed South Park to even happen because of the, yeah. uh, you know. Absolutely. I mean, that's why South Park has the episode Simpsons did it because they yeah. recognize what came <laughs> yeah. before. No, yeah. there was so much I wasn't allowed to watch. Like, oh yeah. My grandmother lived with me growing up. You did the same thing. Like if, if Nana saw something on TV that was untoward, then that was banned <laughs> from my like I, young impression. I got in eyeballs. trouble for wearing a Simpsons t-shirt that said, eat my shorts in elementary <laughs> school. I got in trouble in college, as an adult, because my sister took the rent DVD from my f- room, and my grandmother saw Mimi's uh, stripper performance. <laughs> Why was? And I was like, I don't. She took it. I okay, okay. <laughs> but that's we're going down a, down a side quest. There. We are going yeah. down a side thing. Oh, so yeah. like it was it vampires. We're, yeah. we're off. We're well, off no, like, this is what we're allowed to read. Uh, so many of the books we were allowed to read because my parents, yeah, the same thing. They police television because they could see it right in front of you. Books, it was like, yeah, you get whatever you want from the library. I, I feel care. like maybe they thought that like a librarian would throw up a little flag if we were getting something that like wasn't cool for kiddos. <laughs> but like my Nana would walk up and she's checking all the books out. So like in addition to like my beloved John Belair's YA gothic like mystery novels, so good. the best things in the world. Um, beginning like Stephen King books, like weird other things. And like, they, she probably just, the librarian wasn't assuming that like the fourth grader is like reading the Stephen King novels. Why would they do that? That'd be weird. Well, they probably think it's the adult no, with the library. No, see, card. you know what? It's funny. Like, I check. had a different, I had a completely different experience because usually like what would happen is like, so I spent, because, because, you know, my mom, like I spent summers at my grandparents' apartment. My grandmom and I would take a bus to the library. My grandmother would just sit outside on the steps and smoke her cigarettes <laughs> while I was in the library. So, like, I, I think, like, I don't know, like, if it's just that the librarians just they're like, OK, this kid is reading, you know, like it's not their job to tell you what you can yeah. and read. That's yeah, exactly. I think I think librarians should be like drug dealers <laughs> like here, read this. And then, the, you know, B- books, b- books have a different audience that have you have to be. Uh, I, I am not a book reader. I have a, uh, a reading disability, so I don't get the luxury of enjoying books other than when they're on tape. I, I love those. But um, the which there were never any when I was a child. Now they can get anything on. on audio. Well, they were so expensive. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah by the, the CDs and the things. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, um you have this, let's say, intelligent audience that wants to read books. With with video and and things, even now you can you can see it. They, it's pushed in front of you, and that's why you need those ratings because everyone just goes and they and they watch these these shows and they absorb these things because 
you know, you end up with flat earth syndrome on YouTube now, you know, where people <laughs> fall into, you know, like the, the, these things where they get, you know, it just, it, it's terrible how it goes these days. And the moon landing being fake, although. <laughs> no, no, flat earth and Egyptian conspiracies are the big ones right now, because uh, unfortunately I like stupid science things and, and I'm like, that's not real. And I love watching this stupid shit where I'm like, oh, that's that. Yeah, you're making energy out of old hard drive disks, but they're just going to corrode themselves in, you know, two hours and you still got to fill the thing up. You know, it's not free energy, you jackass. (laughs) (laughs) If you understand science, it's not. Um, But yeah, and so I end up I end up with all those stupid videos and I I hate it. TikTok. The algorithm makes a lot of presumptions about people just based yeah. on one thing they they find interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. it's funny. Mm-hmm. But speaking like, of yeah, things don't that you are judge me, algorithm. I, let's get back on vampires. <laughs> um, Why would you make us talk about the thing we intended to talk about? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm keeping it on track here. That's yeah. what I'm good at. I I, but, I keep everyone in line. Uh, uh, I'm dad. Um, follow a swing uh, from. Men- you brought up the Vampire Diaries. We can talk we about the, the Vampire Diaries. But I'm going to jump to something else because I might have to patch out early anyway. Uh, we'll go back to the Vampire Diaries later. Okay. Yeah, you can <laughs> talk about all that book reading, which I didn't do back then. <laughs> I'll talk about what I I am into, which because yeah. I am the outsider amongst He's these. He's making it all groups. about himself. Wow, what a white male thing to do. <laughs> ah, yeah, me, 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 me. Uh, me and four ladies, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this conversation to me and only me. Actually, my wife does enjoy some of this. I'm going to talk about anime. Oh, oh. Yes. The, the genre of anime also has many vampires in it, which is starting in the early 90s. You can get any type of show you want of, of vampires. You can have... Um, Man on man love or fan <laughs> service of boobies and panties or full on evil bloody carnage. It's, well, we got to go actually, there. Kevin, you got to go back a little earlier than that. 1985. What, what, with, is, what is 85? Am I missing a show here? Well, you're missing Vampire Hunter D. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yeah. That's, that's, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vampire Hunter D was a big mo- That's one of the early ones in there. Kind of that, that might even influence some of the, 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 the other vampire shows. Yeah, because yeah, like, like I didn't. Why isn't that on my vampire list? That should be like number one on my vampire. Oh, Google, you suck. <laughs> I didn't see it like obvious. Like I didn't see it in 1985, but I have clear mem. Like when I would sleep over at this one friend's house, we would have Vampire Hunter D, Army of Darkness, and the movie Screamers, which I don't know if anybody knows about Screamers. It's like this I do, oh, man, yeah. I know you do. It's just this alien world with things underground and they, yeah. So like, yeah, vamp, like, and again, it's one of those things where I'm in middle school sleeping over at my friend's house and we're watching these movies unaccompanied. Like when I think back now, I'm like, why were we allowed to do this? Totally rated R. They didn't care. care. Like, (laughs) at least you weren't watching Wicked City. That's all I have to say. That's yes. At least it wasn't (laughs) Wicked City. And like Netflix just brought back Castlevania, didn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That, that falls in the uh, that whole uh, that whole um, genre. They like those character bases and stuff like that. Which was a, which for those of you who don't know, it was originally a series of video games. 
It was. Yes, I love playing those and falling off the board multiple times. Oh, yeah. The side scrolling. And, and there weren't saves. Oh, you yeah. just had to be perfect. Board after board after board. That's, <laughs> one of my, that's one of my favorite Gen Z things when they discover our old video games and real. Like there was somebody that. Yeah, was, that you have to restart from the beginning. There was yeah. somebody that was playing the Lion King Sega Genesis game. That, that's my nemesis. That's my nemesis too. I've never finished that game. I have it here. We should play it sometime. <laughs> oh, they have the, the re-release they did. That's the Aladdin and Lion King. And I play it on the PS4 and I still get very angry at it. And uh, like, remember, we were trying to play the DuckTales game. <laughs> the DuckTales game. <laughs> okay, but yes, anime yeah. vampires, Castlevania. Anime, anime vampires, Castle. Well, Castlevania came back, which is a uh, easy watch for most people on Netflix. Um, but it is based off several video games, which you could save. in, in the starting from the second one, they had codes you had to put in. Uh, they're pre preset. Each code, uh, not letter, uh, indicated what you had in your inventory and stuff. Oh, good times. But yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that's, um, that's kind of your classic, uh, vampire stuff, you know, um, vampire hunter going around in the past, you know, um, what, what period would that be? Um, well, it was, the, uh, it was, um, I know Nocturne took place during the French Revolution. French Revolution. Nocturne's the one that literally just came out mm, on Netflix. Yeah. 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 Stuff yeah. takes place in that. Yeah. You know, old, old school stuff, you know. Yeah, I was excited about Nocturne because that's that's my uh, what's his name? Richter Belmont is my is my boy. <laughs> yeah, we have we have like weird alternate worlds. Um, let's see. Does anybody else other than my wife even watch anime? <laughs> I no, I do watch anime, but I haven't watched the vampire stuff. Mary and I watch Sailor Moon. <gasps> Sailor Moon. Um, Sandra and says then, we need to watch Crystal, the one that's on Netflix now. If we had Jake yeah. here, Jake uh, watches anime. You know, Joe could feel, yeah, Jake could film in. We had Trinity Blood. That would mm-hmm. be that's a good futuristic style, like steampunky world with other rules. Oh, and then there's, there's, there's Helsing. Hel- Helsing, yeah, Helsing's for the hardcore. If I want evil anime, uh, you know, uh, that's. Nazis and vampires, you know, if you want and Nazis vamp- and vampires, that's and vampire a- Nazis. Yeah, yeah. And yes, yeah. The, and yes, don't worry. The vampire Nazis, they make it clear that the vampire Nazis are the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> like even even the even like the crazy like even like the crazy evil guy is like, oh, no, no, no. These are these are bad. <laughs> but, but here's what here's what a few vampire night, hun. You, you probably watched yes. that one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What the is ladies. Blood Lad? Blood Lad? Yeah, it came up on my like. If you've looked for like Helsing, you've looked for these things, and it's called Blood Lad. Yeah, that's uh. Oh, it's like a magical girl, demon, vampire thing with carnivorous plants. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many, but yeah, yeah. they the you know the Japanese got real big in the vampires, but they have a lot of other weird vampire things where they throw twists into it that are yeah. a bit unusual from the American or the European models. Like the but, little um, I know about that is there's like different types of vampires that that may not be in all the all the world mythologies that are in like more Japanese mythologies around them. Yeah. But again, yeah, that might yeah. also be like something I know from a book that might not be true. So because I never <laughs> fact checked it that they were like yeah. different types of vampires like blood like yeah, spirit, yeah. They, like they, flesh they, they have might, yeah for yeah. them like a lot of times a lot of times you know it's not the same but more more of the mo- like the the more modern day anime it does kind of go with the like european 
They do a lot of. They still have some of the, the Asian ones, like Blood, the Last Vampires. Yeah, uh, a very good one. There's a movie and a TV series. Uh, yeah, but Helsing, like Helsing, more. is is the very Dracula, Dracula, Dracula European. Because you have you have like the family of vampire hunters is the Helsing. Yeah, what weaponizing of of vampires too, which yeah. is which is always fun. Um, is there any other one that I really want to talk about? Not really. Mainly I wanted to hit Helsing and uh, there's a case studies of Atas. That's a newer one. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> the, the, the Japanese of the anime reminded me of like the Chinese hopping vampires. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they got the little thing on the head and the pale and white. Yeah. I was, that was Actually, a strange movie. Yeah. yeah. That was a strange movie. All right, so Jillian, back to the Vampire Diaries. What were what was our book that we were going? Okay, so I was going to say that we start with the Vampire Diaries and sort of move forward. Like, I mean, Lost Boys, teenage vampires in that movie. We can always go back yeah, to Lost starting Boys. around those things. Oh. But it's sort of that moving of the things around vampires and specifically like fucking high school and teenagers (laughs) everything whereas like i i realized we're watching the pilot of kindred yesterday they're trying to put sasha in like a catholic high school she's not 23 she's going to fucking high school and my brain did not remember that part yeah that's part of my twilight rant i'm sorry you're 200 years old and your choice is to move around the world and go to high school yeah it's it's what, that what, of, what a pedophile creep you know it's, just it's, weird. It, it is. it's where we get into all the intersection of like high school stories with vampires and it's so so predominantly high school girls mm-hmm. and male vampires and there may there's female vampires generally surrounding the male vampires but it's female high school the, human the protagonists main characters yeah yeah and vampires of indeterminate age <laughs> who are older but look your age, are passing as your peers but aren't your peers, that are older, often property owners, like full adult, like stock portfolios, but they're coming to your chemistry class and dissecting frogs and biology. And just that interesting thing where we get into of vampires pretending to be high schoolers specifically and the romance between human high school girls and vampires of indeterminate age and all the drama around that. I know you guys hate Angel, but at least he wasn't pretending to be a high schooler. Oh, yeah. He wasn't, like, there was no time with Buffy in her biology class. Like, it was very clear that he, there was something else going on. Well, I mean, and that world had the rules where, like, unless she was going to night school, like, there was no way that he was coming in, like, 7.25 in the morning, first period is started. Oh, sunrise. But, yeah, like, he wasn't he wasn't trying to pass as a high schooler. I, th- I think but, a like, lot of these oh, uh, of uh, so vampires many. who go back to high school have the Matthew McConaughey attitude yeah. of, uh, I know why I always date high school girls, because they don't get any older. Yeah. And I stay the <laughs> And neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it just it's just so fascinating and all those things. Like, I love the Vampire Diaries. Like, the show su- was surprised me in such a good way in the early seasons because I had some concerns because it was, you know, beloved YA fiction that was going to be on the TV and what were they going to do? And the changes they made to update the story worked mm-hmm. out 
again, I've only seen like the first half, so it could go who the fuck knows, <laughs> but it worked so well. Like everyone was freaking out that like, oh, we're like Renaissance Italy. And now the family is actually like Civil War Virginia instead. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, every, oh, the thing. And it, it worked really well, like a lot of the updating. And they, at least again, from what I've seen, <laughs> like the non-vampire characters, like the, especially like only had much more agency and self-determination within the rules of the story mm-hmm. than a lot of the other teen vamp properties seem to have. Yeah. Like she did things. She just, it wasn't just things happened to her. Yeah. She also was the instigator of stories. And not yeah. Just yeah. Elena, like Elena was a lot less annoying than a lot of girls in vampire teenage things which i'm trying not to specifically call out one are you calling out twilight oh, because we can oh yeah yeah let's, let's, <laughs> there was an let's oatmeal the article face. there you know how oatmeal did like these like comic mm-hmm. panels there was one they did about twilight where they were just like she could be anyone and they called her pants yeah and they were just like pants does this pants does that because well she's the a character sniper. had no personality yeah no, she's totally a cipher to to like self insert. Yeah, yourself that's into. exactly what it is, and it's it's funny because when the first book came out it was around the time that Kevin and I were going out to Las Vegas for vacation, and you know it it's one of those things where I heard mixed reviews. You know, I heard and people that I knew enjoyed it, and people whose opinions I usually trust enjoyed it. So I'm like, okay, you know, it seems like something that I can read in the airport, read on the plane, read by the pool. I was reading it in the airport and I wanted to throw it out the plane window. I'm like, this is terrible. I've And that was that was one of the first times that I read a book that I was just like, I it, there is no redeeming value. I read the first chapter sitting in a Barnes and Noble and then was like, nope, this isn't happening. Because yeah, I think so, I even Mary, bought that's it our alibi. You just gave away our alibi. We have to get a new one now. Ah. Yeah, she, was, she was so annoying on the rest of the plane trip because she was like, I can't read this book. I'm going to bother you now. Yeah, no, like yeah. I, I read the entire series, okay? This is because I had a roommate at the time who had all of the books. <laughs> now, um, I love... A, I love a good buildup to a battle. Okay, so that's that's like the premise for this. So they set up this world in which each vampire sort of has their own magical ability. So it's it's like, um, uh, oh, what are the the DC comics? The those those people with the special abilities that go to the school. What are, what are these? Okay, so that's Marvel, and that's Marvel? X-Men, and we're no longer okay, friends. <laughs> I don't I don't know. We're no longer friends. I was waiting for Mary Lily Loki. I just, if it doesn't, yeah. I have no idea. But anyway, okay. Yeah, I don't care. They're like, they're like the X-Men, right? So they each have their own superpower. And so you've set up this whole thing where vampires all over the world have their own superpower and they're going to come together and fight. Mm -hmm. So I was reading this series thinking, 
if I stick this out, there's going to be an epic vampire battle at the end of this for me. <laughs> and there is not. I know, I know. Watch read that whole fucking series and they just get together and talk to each other and then they're like, we're cool. And I was like, fuck you. I all this romance bullshit to get to you to just talk to each other. We watched we watched the um the Rift Tracks versions of the movies. So it's like the MST3K guys. Right. They did, you know, their own. They did the same thing, but just they put out audio for the for the movies. And it was kind of funny that the I think by the third movie, they just they almost were at the point where they were like, this is so bad that we can't even make fun of it. And then like I will say about the movies is they they have in the last film, they have a kind of like a a head sequence yeah, where the yeah. character imagines yeah, the battle. The, yeah. So there was at least that. Yeah. But you know, um, But that still made me mad. It, it was yeah, it because was. I just wanted I wanted an you know, you set this up where all of these characters have these like amazing individual superpowers. So I'm thinking there's gonna be a huge battle in the end where they're all like flinging their superpowers at each other. Nope. One of the things that really, one of the things that really like when we were watching, like when everybody started, like all the other vampires came in because like Lee Pace played a vampire. Every other vampire and even the, even like the Cullen family, I've always said, like every other vampire has an interesting story. Yeah. When you're watching it, you're like, Fuck, fuck these two. I want to know a story about these guys. Let's just yeah. let's forget yeah. that. And let's follow these. They, I could watch them drink coffee and I think it'd be more interesting than these two. <laughs> yeah. Like I've always said, like I've like I always love the idea of the Cullen family. And I've always thought like if they could have been in a like a different author someone who knew how to write and wasn't mm-hmm. doing this schlock. Like mm-hmm. there could have been a really, they could have been really cool and dark. Like I know Mary and I have always, always discussed like Alice. Alice is amazing. Like yeah. I love Alice. Like I love Carlisle. Like if he was a darker. Yeah. the Anne, Like the Anne Rice jumping into other books, the Anne Rice novels were a little darker and, you know, had, had, in each one, their characters had slightly different powers, not as mm-hmm. extreme as that, but at least they did like develop everyone a little bit more interestingly. Yeah, even though they like, followed I love, the characters. Like, when they got it. to the Volturi, like I love the Volturi. Like I love this whole idea of this. You myth. have like an ancient vampire group that's like trying to run things. I mean, I, I was like, this isn't a, like. A, a vampire civil war we could have had yeah like and i mean and i love i love michael sheen so like <laughs> seeing him in this whole thing was fun but yeah like and that and like that's what made me mad and also like because there was potential there and like that's also why like mary and i watched the first 50 shades of gray movie expecting to like make fun of it but that was another thing it's like sometimes you get something that there is so much potential there and that it could be something, but it's just bad. But wasn't Fifty Shades of Grey essentially Twilight that's why, Panther? Yeah, that's why, that's so, why yeah. I brought it up. That's why I brought it up, because it's like you could see and, and you know, the, the you know, Sam Taylor, you could tell she was trying to do something with the first movie and like make it something. And then fucking E.L. James was like, no, we can't we can't do this. She, and like. <laughs> well, a lot of this, like 
again, we're going to go back to some, like, teenage girls and, like, women in general and agency. And, like, when you get into Twilight, all the other characters have much more interesting stories. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, more tragedy or violence or, like, magic or all of these things. But it also individualizes them so much more. Mm-hmm. Like, Bella is just kind of there, right? Yeah. And, yeah. like, Edward is just kind of there, playing his piano, being all like, oh, I'm a monster. I glitter in the sun. Like, <laughs> this is a skin. It's, oh, the it's glittering in the sun. Oh, my asexual, God. a sexual, relation, potentially sexual relationship can be. Like, there's not, it's, it's a weirdly powerless, chaste thing, well, right? Like the vampire, I was yeah. gonna say, yeah. Well, yeah, and that's why, like, and Rosalie's, married and all that. Rosalie's tragedy, but like, is that she was raped? Like that, because from a Mormon perspective, that's you know, and of course she, yeah, like, but yeah, that's that's a lot of the thing. But she, that, and like, that, and that's what makes me mad is that she gave like all these other characters actual like interesting backstories. Yeah, but they're not the hero of the story. They're not the person like, that you're supposed but they to project. I mean, but but that's not the point of these books, I right? Know. <laughs> like the point of these books is that you're supposed to project yourself onto On Bella. Bella. Yeah, if you are reading these books, and that like you are not going out and doing all these crazy things, you are focused on nailing down that relationship in the end, and then doing anything and everything to protect all that sort of bullshit, right? Like it's all. It's 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 about that that union that is now a forever union because again that's that going to that whole side quest of the religious oh, conscious or unconscious religious overtones is the mm-hmm. reunion is an eternal thing whatnot but like it's it's not about even like when she's with like deciding between Jacob and Edward because Edward's being they're all being dumb. It's, it's kind of not even really her full choice of what she's doing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, again, it's a lack of boundaries and agency in a lot of ways for her. And that's kind of the point of the story is be be good, but not too good, but good. Yeah. And then wait and be rewarded with your forever perfect marriage. And like, it just so much of the vampire stories, especially the teen vampire stories, is is control and lack of control around sexuality Mm -hmm. and sort of place in things like this powerful being wants you, this ancient powerful being wants you teenage girl. And that can be a stand in for all sorts of shit. Even just like weird grown dudes like Matthew McConaughey, (laughs) like teenagers. (laughs) And it's, it's like that whole, how to navigate that, sexual world around you and what degree of danger or opportunity it presents right again i think this is why we like buffy because you know there's a reason why angel likes buffy because she has because she's unique she has this unique superpower you know she comes from a a long line of slayers so you have this explanation as to why someone who has lived this long Mm -hmm. would be interested in somebody who 
was a teenager yeah, because otherwise like, good. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, this the this story of of like i like bella because she smells good <laughs> is not very compelling you know well what other qualities does she have there's tons of people who smell good in this world uh, yeah just have eat them and move on yeah. <laughs> right exactly take a little nibble and and don't get me started on that scene where she's like you know she's like you're a monster or whatever and he's like yes i Speaking of, <laughs> and I'm like, we haven't talked about it. another big one we, we missed. Uh, speaking of smelling good, True Blood, we have. Uh, oh yeah, I will say the thing I like about True Blood is the setup that we have. You know, this is this is a you know Ryan Murphy always tends to like start strong and then it's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where am I going? Yeah, ex- uh, exactly. That is that. always like, Ryan. Everything, where he's going. every single thing Ryan Murphy has always done has started out strong. And petered out. Yeah. Like everything he does is kind of ADHD where no one's checking him. (laughs) Um, And I I like the premise of, okay, we know vampires exist. They're living among us. And this is the setup for that. So I I like that setup. It's kind of a unique setup because normally we think of vampires as like, oh, okay, they're hidden. They're in the shadows. You must know about the masquerade. Yeah. 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 So it's a it's a good setup, but again, like the main character is Pants Bella Twilight situation, <laughs> like boring. Yeah, uh, all the other characters are more interesting. Yeah, and then yeah, it starts to go like most Ryan Murphy things into Jackie. Weirdness. Where are you getting Ryan Murphy? Alan Bell did True Blood. Oh, Alan Bell did True Blood. Yeah, I'm glad you corrected me. And uh, Alan Bell, he did Six Feet Under. And now he's doing Banshee. He did American Beauty. Six Feet Under was better than True Blood, but that's also because uh, the main characters were way more interesting. I mean, True Blood does follow a Ryan Murphy pattern, so I could see why you'd get that. But I was like, I didn't know Ryan Murphy did True Blood. Yeah. No, I think I just assumed it because it's it's a pretty Murphy feels It feels very Ryan Murphy. To be fair to the show, I think the books also take that same, like, they start out with one concept... And then mm-hmm. by the end, it's like, I mean, to quote Pam, I'm sick of Suki and her magical fairy vagina. Like, Yeah, the, uh, the, um, the Anne Rice stuff did the same thing. They went, they like, uh, all of a sudden it went, we, what, what, what is the, f- no, we do not talk about the stuff going to Atlantis. We're done. We're not. No, 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 no. I was like, I'm a What else can I do? Yeah. Oh my no, God. That's the same with the Hemlock Grove. Um, oh, yeah. The first oh, season of Hemlock yeah. Grove had a book. There was a book, and I've read the book, and it's, you know, they followed that idea of the plot. And the first season of Hemlock Grove, I love. But mm-hmm. they sort of take some interesting journeys when the source material is over in some weird ways to where I found the ending in the last season specifically, like, very unsatisfying. But yeah. that first season of Hemlock Grove had such a very distinct, like, tone and geographical mm-hmm. feel and like rooted placeness to it with the werewolf and the vampire and how they approach all those stories. But again, like sometimes when you run out of source material or the source material goes weird, you either have to make a break and hope for the best, which doesn't always work out, or you need to 
have a plan going in. Like you can't be like, well, I've got one cool season. What happens if they then renew us for more seasons? I should probably have an idea ready. That's the failure of the showrunner. Like yeah. you, if you have a good showrunner, yeah. you planned all that out. Yeah. Like Supernatural ran for 15 seasons, but it started with a five season arc. And oh, then yeah, yeah. it just kept going it for a decade. should have ended when his story ended at season I, five. I, um, yeah. I, uh, I am the anime person, and that that issue is no nowhere bigger than in anime because mm-hmm. they're all based off of comics, uh, aka manga. Um, and the art normally they the, the series will catch up to the end in no problem, and either they have to put in like huge filler seasons until it catches up, or they go in a completely different direction. And in the '90s was the worst, where they're like, "Oh, this series is done, but you know what? We want to make ours different." Well, yours sucks. Yeah. <laughs> go just just stick to the book. And actually, that they they've learned that now. They've a lot of times they've rebooted them or have done it. And it, um, Helsing, the comic mm-hmm. one, um, had that exact issue. There's two of them. Uh, if you are listening to this and you want to watch one, make sure you listen, watch the ultimate version, not the original. It's not bad, but uh, stick to the new one, which stays much closer to the um, uh, uh, the original source material, which is better. Yeah. You know, uh, Jillian, speaking of uh, this this whole like young women without agency, if you flip that on its head, you get let the right one in mm. where the young girl is a vampire, which is mm. one of my absolute favorites because you're it, it's kind of what they do with Darla in the beginning of Buffy, where yeah. where you're kind of you're saying, oh, look at this like little innocent mm-hmm. girl. And it's like, oh, no, she turns out to be like a vampire. Um that's that's one of my favorites. I, I haven't read the book, to be honest, but I've seen both the U.S. film uh, and I forget, is it Swedish? What? It's yeah. also a Showtime yeah, television yeah. show. Yeah, but originally it was. Oh, it? Yeah, originally yeah, it was I haven't a movie. Seen the Showtime show. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Swedish. I'm- so I've seen the Swedish film and the U.S. film. I haven't seen the new television series, so I, I can't comment on that. But I, I do appreciate like it's a very interesting and compelling mm-hmm. story. Yeah, I do like it. And when dark. You, yeah, when you've got those the subverted tropes, and again, it's that like blonde girl walking down the dark alley. You expect her to be the mm-hmm. victim, and she's the 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 slayer. She is yeah. the dangerous thing in the dark. But it's it's always fun to play with those and to see how the world around that individual reacts to it because it's. It's such an ingrained, you are helpless or you are prey and mm-hmm. therefore you are safe to befriend or to threaten. And I like anything that fucks with those tropes is mm-hmm. always interesting. And I also super enjoy. Have any of you guys seen The Strain? Yes. 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 I've, yeah. read, the, I, I liked, I've read some of the so, books, um, but I haven't seen it. Yes. Yeah. I've read the book and I've seen the series and then I did a... a um, uh, the podcast on AfterBuzz for the strain. If you want to check that out, <laughs> promoting myself. Um, I, that uh, is partially created by Guillermo del Toro, so it gives you a kind of yeah. sense of mm-hmm. of his you know, strange, the, horrific world that he makes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, um, I I have found that one interesting too because instead of uh, norm more normal like vampire lore that we're used to, it's essentially a disease. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was a, an interesting angle to take it. The end's a little weird. I but, say, yeah, uh, that one also gets strained at the end and didn't know where yeah, it was going. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. So, so uh, just a little, just a little fun, just a little fun thing with, uh, Corey Stahl 
he played the main the main guy in in the strain i so he is bald in real life like everything he's in he's bald oh yeah they give him hair they, yes and there's a reason there's a reason for that so they gave him the wig and when he like he was talking to them he was like I don't want to wear a wig. I don't want to be the conventionally attractive. And they said, no, stay with us on this. So they gave him the wig so that when everything goes to hell, because there's a scene of him shaving his head. So like that was the whole point of like him being this normal dude and blah, 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 blah. And then having to make this dramatic change to fit into the world because he was a fugitive and he didn't you know, want to be recognizable. So yeah, they were like, we're just giving you the wig for one season. You're going to end up getting rid of it, but we need to have this change for your character. Yeah, I remember thinking that was weird yeah. when I first watched it because I was like, why does he have to wear a wig? Yeah, yeah. But I like, I, 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 found a, I found an interview with him where he he talked about it and how it was supposed to be just for the... But, but worms! Worms! Yeah, worms. Oh, <laughs> that was so gross. Uh, what a twist. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a break, ladies. Bye! So, Bye. Uh, I'm going to feed Bye. my child, and uh, maybe I'll be back if you're still chit-chatting <laughs> um, when I get back and I got popping at the end. All right. I will... I'll, I might be back, if not. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So- I have to say that like things like the strain are kind of like it's not like my favorite thing. I don't I don't know why. I don't like the virus thing when it comes to vampires. Like I didn't really love the way Hotel dealt with it for American Horror Stories. But in connecting vampire things, so V Wars has the same kind of plot as the strain and Ian Summerholder is like the main doctor mm. in oh. V Wars. Oh. So he's just he's just making his vampire rounds. He's, Wait, he's drawing like on his extensive vampire yeah. knowledge. But um, we were talking about vampires in high school a minute ago. Does anyone remember Vampire High with Megan Ori? No, I missed that one. A Canadian show. I think it was early 2000s um, about a boarding school that housed both humans and vampires because they were trying to like civilize the vampires and control their bloodlust. And then Megan Ori plays a day student. So a human that falls in love with a vampire named Drew. And it was just that delicious, like Canadian teen drama, higher ground esque, like, but I was like, wait, I remember vampire high. Oh, sorry. I was adding that to my list. Not vampire (laughs) high. Um, V wars. But to like, to go back to like Buffy and Angel and do some jumps and talk to some stuff. Um, I know we mentioned it briefly at the very beginning, but so Forever Night. Yep. Um, so Forever Night is very, very interesting vampire media history wise. It does predate Buffy and it does predate Kindred. It started mm-hmm. in 1992. So it even predates the interview with the vampire movie. Yep. Um, and it is really... One, it's really credited with starting the, like, sympathetic vampire detective, mm-hmm. um, Nick Knight, because they, they say true. that, like, this, they said that this kind of made way for, like, Blood Ties and Angel. Yeah. And and my favorite thing is to just watch the tropes, right? Because yep. you have Nick, you have LaCroix, and you have Jeanette, mm-hmm. who Angel, Spike, and Drew. Yeah. Like, you just, you it's, watch yep. the pipeline. Yeah. But... Because it was the early 90s, um, there was a big thing with Forever Night. I'm trying to find it now. I saw it on the Wikipedia page. I've got to go back and find it. Um, that- As a side note, 
I loved the Blood Ties books. I don't think I've ever seen the show. I loved those books. I've never seen the show, but the show looks good. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna try to find that down. But since this was the early '90s, um, obviously they talked a lot about vampirism and AIDS. Mm-hmm. Now that's weird for me because I've always thought like canthropy was the big. If you're gonna if you're gonna make that metaphor, you're gonna do it with lycanthropy. Mm-hmm. Because lycanthropy is the much easier like if you get scratched. Right. If you get and like and and in the Anita Blake books, which we'll casually mention, but I that's that's my werewolf thing. I don't really care about the vampires in that world. Yeah. But it's important <laughs> to note that that is another world where vampirism is legal and the supernatural is known. Mm-hmm. Like Richard can lose his job if it's discovered he's a werewolf. Um lycanthropy in that world is very much treated like AIDS. But mm-hmm. in Forever Night, because it was the early 90s and the AIDS crisis was going on the cast of Forever Night was actually very very involved with a pediatric AIDS foundation yep and they did a whole bunch of events and stuff so like Forever Night was really groundbreaking vampire TV all around oh yeah yeah and it's just one of those things that people forget about. And I'm like, but it was a it was a great show. It's a it was good a great show. show. And it was actually there there is actually a TV movie originally yeah. before with Rick Springfield playing before Jerry's went Davies took it over. Yeah, yeah before before Nick not before uh and I, I think like I was home sick one day. And I think I ca- I think it might have even been on Lifetime. Like I don't know where I caught the mini the the TV movie of it, and I had known it existed. But when I saw it, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like I think I discovered it through um, being homesick in high school. Yeah. And Sci-Fi would run those where they'd have days where they'd just run blocks of the same yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. And I think I was homesick they on a Forever do, Night day, and then same I was thing. like, "Yeah, same thing." Like watching it on watching it on uh, Sci-Fi. God, yeah, it was such like, like, and it was, it was great because like, I loved, I loved it because like his whole thing was basically like that he had a skin disorder that he wasn't able to go out during the day. So like, that was his whole thing. And everyone was just like, okay, yeah, we get, okay, yeah, that's fine. And like, I loved, like, I loved Natalie, you know, like the fact that she was trying to help him find a cure for being a vampire and yeah, and the whole the whole thing, like it was just so good. Just seeing that that ran like concurrently with Highlander. Um, yeah, they were both yes. ninety two. Oh, Highlander like, Night was like May of ninety two. Highlander, which yeah, like was in the fall, but just that like both Canadian or French Canadian shows about like mm-hmm. with that all the flashbacks, like the flashbacks oh, yeah. from the stories to like the yeah. earlier parts of the life, just like the different ways they have that immortality issue but yeah like and the blood ties books are canadian too like i don't know there's if there's something about like the canadian television of the era and even like i've been watching um i speaking of vampires i started watching the van helsing series which is another canadian like it, even watching this series watching it feels like i am watching those shows of oh. of the like the early 90s. Oh, the early 90s are fantastic. Uh, let's okay. See. What haven't we talked about? We have not fully talked Dracula. about. I have a list. Oh, we haven't talked about Dracula. <laughs> Vampire Diaries. We've got all the Draculas. We, we, real quick, The Hunger. I love The Hunger. That is like, 
just such a beautiful, weird oh. movie. And it's, I mean, you start off with like a club scene where they're they're playing the song Bella Lugosi's Dead. And then you just go from there with everyone's sort of strange gorgeous couture feelings and oh, sexuality uh, all those things which one's my favorite actress Catherine oh Catherine Deneuve I fucking oh, love Catherine Deneuve I love Catherine Deneuve like, just a, just oh. just everything about the hunger and and all that I love that it was so weirdly stylized and fascinating so that's I've talked about that now. That was on my list. Anybody else um, share their thoughts? One that I, one that I like. I haven't, I haven't watched it in a minute, and uh, I don't know if I can find it anywhere. But from 1992, there's Innocent Blood, mm. which it's a woman who, like, it's a vampire who kills bad guys. Like that's that's who she kills. She kills bad guys, and she ends up like failing to kill one of the victims. So it's like a mob boss. So like then he there's this crazy guy. It has it has Robert Loggia, Anthony LaPaglia, and one of my all time favorites, Kim Coates. Mm. But like looking at it, when you look at it, it's just so like cheesy 90s horror movie like i when i look at the the images of like the posters and the covers of it it takes me back to being in the video store in the 90s and like seeing all like the cheesy horror movie covers yes those are all so good like there's so many good ones Ugh. I know, like, I feel like, I mean, I feel like we do have to give Dracula his due, but I feel like we could just do a whole episode on the many oh, inter- yeah. iterations of Dracula. Like we can, let, let's just, we can just, ve- we can mention, we can mention Dracula. I mean, obviously the best Dracula is Dracula from Hotel Transylvania, even if he does <laughs> his grandson off a tower. And I'm just like, what is he doing? <laughs> Uh, we 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 love Hotel Transylvania. We do, yeah. Goofy and wonderful. I think like they were all Dracula fans, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In some form or another. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think everyone who loves vampires mm. has a version of Dracula or something based off Dracula, like The Invitation, which yeah. was absolutely made for the Dracula fan girlies. Yeah. Um, like they needed to market that as Dracula fan fiction. Oh, yeah. They did yeah. not market that. One hundred percent was Dracula. Yeah, fan and fiction. they needed, and they also needed to have her end up with him. Like, I'm sorry. Yes. Like, huh? Um, but I, I, I think I think all vampire girlies have a favorite version mm-hmm. of Dracula. Oh yeah, and I think a lot. I think a lot of us were exposed to Dracula with the movie with Gary Oldman as Dracula. I like, didn't a lot see of, that like, until I know, much like, a later. Lot, that movie. I love that movie. I love Gary Oldman as Dracula. But let me tell you how, like, one of the first times I watched that, I fell asleep in the middle of the movie and did not feel like I missed anything. <laughs> it, is, it was yeah, so, like, intentionally stylized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every member, every member of the cast to step up. And not every member of the cast stepped up. No, the way Gary, Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder old. carried that movie. Wait, are, you, are you trying to talk year. about Keanu? I mean, Keanu, but even not, but everybody in general, like there was so much weirdness. <laughs> Keanu needed to be better, yeah. to be have such a focal point. Of like shit I, on him I love Keanu, and like between like John, that, it's amazing. He's between a good that dude. and him in him in 
um, much ado about nothing. Okay. But I mean, (laughs) you're making making poor Keanu stand next to Anthony Hopkins and Carrie Else. Correct. Yeah. Correct. He was set up for failure here. That's what I I always, and that's again, what I say about much ado about nothing is like, just like, and again, this isn't anything against Keanu. But when you're casting him against other actors that have these chops in that type of area, you just it's just not good. It's unfair. It's unfair to him. And it's like, I don't hate him. It's just I feel sorry for him. (laughs) I love Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. Like when he is in the right part, he is fucking amazing. Again, Mm -hmm. John Wick on a little side note. I didn't know what the plot of John Wick was when I saw that movie for the first time. So spoilers for a movie that's had like multiple sequels and been out for years. The first thing that happened when that movie started is I turned to my boyfriend and was like, if anybody hurts that wonderful (laughs) puppy, I'm going to flip this table. And he's like, oh no, you don't know what this movie is, do you? And I'm like, oh no. So I wasn't, I didn't know that it was already, he had already seen it. No, he just thought that I knew what uh, one basic thing about the plot of this movie was that a man was avenging his dog and I didn't. (laughs) And I got attached to the dog and I'm like, yeah, let's go fuck him up, John Wick. I'm riding with you. Oh, yeah. Like there's he like you need you need the right people in these kind of movies, like Mm -hmm. going around everything. And I'm going to take us over to our friend Queen of the Damned, which has a wondrous soundtrack. And was very confusing because like two thirds of the book was on. It mashed two books together and then removed, I'll say seven eighths of both books and left us with this weirdness with beautiful Gothic sort of style that hit. And like, I mean, the kidney thieves, like before I'm dead song is a fucking amazing. And I love it. And I, I I danced to it at goth night many a time. I love that era. I love that era of movies with the hardcore soundtracks. So sometimes the thing about queen of the damned. Uh Oh oh no. We're starting with the thing about that's always good. I saw queen of the damned at the white Flint theater. Possibly with me. Theater. I know it was with Claire. I might have been with you too. Or we've we we've at least not, seen it together. Yeah, I we, don't oh, know we've if definitely it seen it together. Uh, we could not find my car after, so we're just wandering around going here, vampires looking for my car. But the thing about Queen of the Damned is it is a gorgeous movie, and it yes. makes me want to have sex in a beautifully decorated room to really good music. <laughs> but it has absolutely nothing to do with Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Very confusing. And then my rant about, I like Stuart Townsend, but honestly, he should not have been cast as a star. No, no. It was very not good casting for that character. I mean, that's a really beloved character. And so you have to be very careful about who you cast. And people have very specific ideas as to what that character behaves like. Yeah. And especially like, you know, at the time, the movie that was, you know, the the interview with the vampire, like... I mean, that's iconic. That, you know, that is iconic. So to go from that to... And I, and again, I love Stuart Townsend, but it just was not... It was not a right role for, for him. him. All right, so so speaking on Lestat, um, what did everyone think of Sam Reed? Oh, 
I love, I love Sam Reed as Lestat. I love him. I love him. Yeah. He had Okay, first off, he has a French accent. Can we say that? <laughs> yeah. Like Tom fucking Cruise. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand there was like, the, I, I respect the original interview with the vampire movie. I loved it, you know, but it, it drove me crazy because you're like, he's a French vampire and Tom Cruise is like Tom Cruise, not even trying. Yeah, no, I, I loved Sam Reed. Like, and again, like it was, it's an iconic role. He had big shoes to fill. Like, yes, it, you know, and as cheesy and as not having a French accent as Tom Cruise had in that movie. That was what was in the mind. So like, and the whole adaptation of it was brilliant. Like the whole, like, and like, I do like that. I haven't, I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen uh, Mayfair Witches yet, but I do like that they're setting everything in the same universe. Like I like. Yeah, well, it's helpful that they have the, that AMC, uh, has AMC is that yeah that's where it yeah, is AMC. right yeah it's helpful that they have the rights to like basically all of mm-hmm. the like the, this whole Anne Rice world because you know I don't I'm not gonna give away anything in the end of interview but it, it kind of alludes to like future books right. in the end yeah which is helpful yeah like it, it really yeah it is helpful that one company has everything so that there's gonna be a cohesive have you do you guys watch what we do in the shadows oh we're gonna talk about what we do in the shadows okay because i just started watching (gasps) it i'm only like a couple episodes in and i'm freaking actually a a co-worker was like jackie how do you not watch this um so i started watching it and it has um who's that guy uh, matt berry uh, who matt berry Yes, it has Matt Berry, who I love. Um, so. Nadia and Laszlo are my parents, oh, just I so love you Nadia know. Nadia and Laszlo. They're my vampire parents. And isn't, doesn't Taika Waititi come in later? He, no, later? Um, I don't, I can't remember if he does a cameo on this or not. But you will, you you just started it, so I don't want to give away too much. But you yeah, will get many it. fun cameos as it goes along. Uh, yeah. Awesome. I haven't seen, I haven't seen the latest season. Um. I literally just started, so I don't know if you can try to not be too spoilery, but I'm yeah, loving it. It's well, hilarious. I just want to mention it at the end because that is the most current ongoing vampire show. But back to uh, the interview television show. Yeah, no, Sam Sam Reed is doing a great job. Um, I have problems with him. I love, I love all the actors in in this. Uh, I love all of them mm-hmm. in, in the new interview. I have reservations at the front, at the beginning, because I almost felt Sam Reed was too subdued for a while. And then mm-hmm. he like turned it on later. And I was like, oh, there's Lestat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was kind of he was kind of playing it like I, I kind of like that he saved the crazy that they built yes. that they built up toward him being crazy. Like yeah. we know as fans of it, how batshit he is. Right. But exactly. I What I liked about it is it really did emphasize that. Louis is in an abusive relationship. Yes. That we're, we're discovering the bat shit along with Louis. Yes. And that's what I yeah, like. like. Yeah. Like you, we do know what Lestat is capable of, but yeah, I like that he is being the charming French gentleman here. You know, you're seeing this and then all of a sudden he flips and you're like, there's Lestat. Right. And I like how the series is, 
basically continuing like a continuation of the original interview like it's he's like oh no I told you I didn't tell you the truth the first time around so now I'm gonna actually tell you yeah I my skeptical my skepticism was with casting Daniel as older Mm -hmm. but now that I've seen it and kind of understand the framing Mm -hmm. where you know he's uh he's ill like he's coming back and revisiting this I'm okay with it now because before I was like well what I mean the the whole reason he got into this interview was because he was young and naive but now we know that he did have exactly. he still had that experience yeah that was that was one of the coolest things i think the show did is when you realize that they were acknowledging that the movie happened but louis left a whole bunch of shit mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. yeah yeah and here because and it's also like it's also going back to how louis isn't always the most reliable narrator yeah no he's definitely got a, a point of view mm-hmm so uh, the only the only thing I have like I I know why they aged up Claudia and and I agree with it to some extent but her storyline became so dark for me that it was a little bit upsetting yeah I think I again I understand why you had to age up Claudia um one because they were trying to make it less creepy and two because children grow too fast correct and if you're gonna keep this going but I think you lose part of Claudia's story when you don't keep her like six, seven years old, because part of that is like, that's literally what drove her mad is that Mm -hmm. she was stuck in this tiny body Mm -hmm. and would never be able to have anything, even like the teenage boys that Claudia complains about in the show. Yeah. Like Claudia would have nothing. She'd never be able to be on her own Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. society would never see her as independent. She'd never be able to have a lover. She'd never be able to have anything. And I think that's really important to why she ends up the way she is. Yeah. And also why she's a bitch-ass vengeful ghost later. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's like, there's very few, in a a system where there's few-ish rules or where there's like, like rules on who you can and cannot turn, there's generally reason. And like being like, it is anathema to turn a child. Like, this is why. You see why. Like, not all of the rules of like a supernatural creature society are arbitrary or bad like even within like the preservation of the species of vampire like a six-year-old is gonna go fuck nuts crazy at some point because they've been like i'm i'm 220 but i'm six Mm -hmm. i'm tired of being a Mm -hmm. child and endanger the secrecy of what you are like it's cruel and it's dangerous for the long-term survival of your supernatural species in a lot of ways. So like Claudius, the one of the most fascinating characters because of what creating someone purposefully against the rules of the society and then seeing like, she is the find out part of the fuck around with it. <laughs> yeah. And I love her, but it's, it's fucked up. Well, and then it makes me curious as to, because essentially, you know, Claudia is killed for what she is, right? Yeah. So, you know, they haven't gotten to that part in the series yet. So now it makes me wonder like, well, I mean, she passes kind of for an adult. Yeah, she goes so, to like, college. How, yeah, in this, yeah, I so I'm like, how are you going to justify yet, so I don't know. Later. Like, you you, you kind of can't in that story. Yeah, it's, like, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the whole Europe part expanded, right? Yeah. Because that's right. a very yeah. small, like, they traveled Europe, met this dude, and then voila, they were dead. 
So yeah. to see them expand on that whole story in general is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Armand in the sto- in the books isn't very old. He's 15. And again, I haven't seen the new series, but he's, he's old, oh, and, he's old enough. I know. We'll I got to watch him. Armand. <laughs> okay. Good times. I mean, but like, yeah. in, in terms of the Claudia rule, like Armand in the books, at least is old enough to not be a child. But okay. So that, then that brings up the whole, like, not to get us too far in a, like, the laws of vampire society. Why would Mary, magical rules, let's have a screaming fight in the, like, sitting, eating appetizers <laughs> at Fridays about <laughs> the ethics of, like, the wizarding world, like, educational laws mm-hmm. and yeah. education system, which is not a story from real life, screaming about, <laughs> no, like, like, these things. But so, yeah. But that that brings up a question, right? Cuz like you uh, cuz especially in the books Armand versus Claudia. Mm-hmm. Armand was 15 years old. But he was 15 years old in the Renaissance at a time when you were getting married at 14. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So Armand Correct. isn't considered a child. No. Wasn't at his time while Claudia is, but by today's society Armand would be considered a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do, do you just up the age of vampire consent every few years? Like, how do you deal with that? And the fact that you turn someone back in this day that wasn't considered a child, but by today's standards would not adhere to your law. Mm. Well, this is like a retroactive Matthew McConaughey rule, right? <laughs> like, at what point is it weird? And what societal setting is it weird? If you're a thousand year old vampire, maybe that's why you date high school girls, because that was what you dated <laughs> in the day. But like, it's, it is an interesting thing. It's, it goes back to like age and agency and adult and like, Basically, when are you old enough to be considered responsible for the consequences of your actions? (laughs) And that does change. Claudia, she's like fucking five, like or six. No, she is a child child. But when Armand was 15, what were the, what were the response? Was he responsible for the consequences of his actions? Mm -hmm. Like, and today a 15 year old were like, all right, kid, calm it down, go to class. We don't even want you to have like a learner's permit yet because you're just a lunatic. Like, no, not yet. You cannot participate in adult society. And like how everything around lifespan society and everything, no, 15 year old today is still a kid. But would vampires consider that a killable offense? Is that too young? I don't know. They age up Armand in this series. Yeah. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, they've aged up Claudia. I'm sure they've aged up Armand. I mean, he's not Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas was not like a small boy. At least he's not Antonio Banderas. At least he's like, what, in his 20s or something? Antonio Banderas is wonderful and lovely. I forgave that casting because it was fucking Antonio Banderas. I mean, there's things he forgives. Let me tell you about the magic of Antonio Banderas for a second. There is a stupid movie coming out that is a musical about like the nativity story. Yeah. It's a musical. And Antonio Banderas plays King Herod. So I want to see this stupid movie. I will be seeing this. Because I will be seeing this. Because I want to watch Antonio Banderas sing about being the king. I was very happy. I was very happy to just have him show up in the new Indiana Jones movie randomly. I still haven't seen that, actually. Journey to Bethlehem. Yes. Oh, boy. We will don't be stop believing. Better be the tagline. I'm like, I don't know if I can bring myself to see it in the theater, but once it hits streaming, I will be watching it because it's Antonio yeah. Banderas singing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's wonderful. There is, and again, for for all of you Gen Z people in the '90s, Antonio Banderas <sighs> I'm so was old. a thing. 
He was <laughs> SNL sketches about how sexy Antonio mm-hmm. Banderas was. Because he was in. Let's watch, let, watch your Antonio Banderas primer, okay? It's Zorro, <laughs> Zorro. right? Mm-hmm. And then it's Evita. Um, Evita. And probably, uh, what's the prequel to Once Upon a Time in Mexico? What's. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking Desperado. about. Desperado. Desperado. Yes. And then Desperado. Yeah. yeah. I remember. There's a reason that he's Puss in Boots, right? Oh, yeah. That he's oh, all yeah. those characters. Like, he, he was in, like, the Spike and all those things. Like, he is that <laughs> dude. Yeah. Like he, he, oh, yeah, he was in Spy Kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Mary and I went to see Spy Kids just because we were like, Antonio Banderas is sexy, so we should probably see this, right? Like assassins. Yeah, like he was in he was in everything, but like I said, there were SNL skits about the fact Antonio Banderas was too sexy in the nineties. Like that's yeah. just how this worked. Yeah. We don't make the rules; we just share them with the children. Yeah. I was watching clips. Speaking of YouTube and the algorithm, I uh, I was watching clips of um, Antonio Banderas singing as Che uh, in Evita in uh, Evita, and my husband was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm just reminiscing." Yeah, <laughs> my like um, it's none of your business. Leave me alone with my movies. Algorithm is now all Antonio Banderas. What have you done? <laughs> the, the, You're welcome. Yeah, is he, what like, you've done. There was, there was, he was, he was the vibe. That was, it was Antonio Banderas in the nineties. It was his, it was his time. And he was just loved him, loved him. It was, yeah. So even though he was not like a young lad, it was still. Yes. Excellent. You just have to readjust your brain around it. I'm going to do 10 seconds about Harry Potter. Everybody in Harry Potter who is an adult is decades older than their characters in the book. They're at least 20 years older than they're supposed to be. Uh Uh-huh. Sometimes 50 years older. I don't know, but decades. Decades. Like, Snape was in in his 30s. Sirius Black died six years younger than I am today. (laughs) Today. (laughs) I am 41. That makes it 35. Some people were not 35 when they were playing that character. I, I still, I still love them. think Gary Oldman was not 35? Dame Maggie Smith is a queen on this earth. McGonagall was like 50. Yeah. In, not when shit went down, but like in the series. Well, she was that's, like why, like, that's why there was so much confusion with McGonagall when she showed <sighs> up in the Fantastic Beasts movies, like later on. Like, it's like she wasn't even born then, kind of deal. But yeah. And then people were joking how, because I can't remember how many years it is from when Dumbledore is in is in uh, Fantastic right. Beasts to when Harry Potter yeah. happens. But they're like, like this dude years. went from wearing like nice, like three piece suits to like being like, I am now going full Gandalf. Yeah, like, I mean, okay. that's, that's the kind of joke that goes around Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like, what did the desert do to poor Obi-Wan that he <laughs> aged like 40 <laughs> years? He didn't properly moisturize, with- okay? <laughs> Come on now. Tatooine is a dry, sad place. It's just fair and is- a lack of moisture. This is what happens when you have a bad breakup. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm just gonna go full Lord of the Rings now. You know, like, like women will, you know, will dye our hair, cut our hair, do something like that when you know we have a breakup with Dumbledore. He's just like, fuck it. I am no longer gonna look like Jude Law. Now I'm gonna look like Gandalf. It was a rough time. It was a rough time. (laughs) Does anyone else remember the show Young Dracula, the British show? 
No, no. but that sounds amazing. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. It is amazing. It is Dracula moves his two children to England. His son is like, but I don't want to be a dark vampire oh, lord. I want to go over this show. I want to go over here. And his daughter's like, I want to be a vampire queen. And he's basically like, shut up, daughter. Nobody <laughs> likes you. <laughs> and the va- like Dracula just kind of has like a rock star look. Hold on. Let me put a let me put a picture in chat of what this cast looks like. I do remember. I just that. I just added it on Prime and it like, looks pretty look, look at these people. Like Dracula is living his best rock star life. Like oh, yeah. He's very Alice Cooper here. Um, Mia and I, I think, have watched like the first three seasons. We, I want to go back and restart it from the beginning before we finish it. But it's just, it's like 30 minute episodes. It was meant to be like a kid's show. It's so fun, though. Oh, my God. But speaking of fun vampires, yeah, let's talk about what we do in the shadows. Not a lot because Jackie's just starting it. But like as a concept and as like the most popular form of vampire media right now. Mm-hmm. Like I've only seen like a few episodes of the show, but I've seen the movie. And it's that whole world is so fascinating and feels so deeply grounded in like the humor Mm -hmm. that you see in like other products from there. Like, I love it. Yeah. So the the show is very much the same vein. It, it, it's like, it acknowledges the movie exists, but like these are vampires in Staten Island. I'd say it takes the humor down a notch mm-hmm. to make it palatable over like seasons yeah. of just like a two hour movie. And yeah. there is like lore that they like build up and intertwine with this. Like there is this like arc that takes two years to pay off, but when it pays off, it's amazing. Excellent. Um, but it, it is good. It is fun. Like I said, Nadja and Laszlo, they are my vampire parents. There's a guy who's an energy vampire who just like. Oh, that fucking guy. Yeah. Just, he meets <laughs> another energy vampire later. It's. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like because when the thing is in it, the thing that I like because the movie like the movie was fantastic. Um, And it the movie was very absurd. It is the very Taika Waititi New Zealand type of humor. But they really did, you know, work it out to work it for American audiences, because if they would have kept it the same level, I don't know that it would have done as well. But I. Oh, so the yeah, the movie was made by Jermaine Clement. Clement, Yeah. Yeah. Who's in this one. And then I love everything he does. I know. Yeah. My boyfriend is obsessed with the second of the two Muppet movies, the one with like the gulag and all of those things. Yes. yes. And, yes. and yes. he loves Flight of the Concords too. Oh, yeah, Flight of the Concords is great. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, I could watch this movie every day. We listen to songs from that Muppet movie. That, oh my God, just had to put that in there. It's so good. Did anybody else so Did anybody else ever watch Count Duckula? Of course. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's up there with like Banicula. Yeah. I mean, I get, yeah, I guess if we're honest, Banicula probably has to be like our first, like. Probably, yeah. Like, as you're, like, as I'm going back and I'm like thinking, like, yeah, the the whole like vampire thing does go back a lot further than. Yeah, I loved Count Dracula and Nickelodeon used to show it. Yeah. And I, I loved it because I love how he was a vegetarian. Yes. And, but I love how like his servants were trying to get him to conf- like, feed on people like that was part of the absurdity now disney jr has vampirina which is like the cutest show ever uh she's a little vampire and her parents i think they run a hotel Aww. um 
was it there was something else that was that was like another thing about a vampire duck that wasn't count duckula that we saw when we were looking justin and i saw when we were looking up vampire quackula yeah it might have been quackula because i was on i'm on the count duckula wikipedia page and it says not to be confused with the unrelated 1979 cartoon based around a vampire duck quackula yes she was like, so many why are there ducks? two of these? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, and then we have, you know, the Count from Sesame Street, Count Chocula. Yeah. The show No One But Me Remembers, Gravedale High, where they had Vinny Stoker, who was the greaser vampire. That was- Man, I think you made that up. No, there's a, I'm sending you the Wikipedia page. Rick no, Moranis Wait a minute, voice hold on. You sent me the Wikipedia page because that almost sounds familiar. But I don't know if it's because you've mentioned this before or well, because I, I have like this all the time because I love this stupid show. And th- yeah, Frank Welker did the voice of Frankentike. Ricky Lake did a voice. Rick Moranis was the teacher. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yes, I've seen this. I was obsessed with this show. Yeah. Oh my god, because yeah. You know what vein this hit? This hit the Scooby Doo in the Ghoul School vein. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is yeah. You know what? I, oh my god, I ooh shit. Okay, I, I'm losing my mind. I got. I'm literally writing on the sticky note. Find this show. It doesn't exist anywhere. It's on the it, internet we, archive. It will be it, somewhere. I yeah. It I found it. Will be sitting next episode. to Pirates of Dark Water, and then oh. I'll be a happy girl. Oh, but remember Pirates of Dark Water. Okay, by the way, I just want to say that right now I am absolutely obsessed with the Internet Archive. I have found so much shit on the Internet Archive. That's where, like, I sent... Because Mary was like, oh, I... It's... uh, it's not um kindred not streaming anywhere it's on I'm YouTube. Like, oh nope i got something for you and i sent her the link Done. to the internet archive watching it on fucking youtube yeah like oh i loved gravedale high and like i said it hit that like scooby-doo and the ghoul school scooby-doo and the reluctant werewolf yeah where they had to race around dracula's castle and he'd get really mad when the villagers weren't very excited uh, I mean, so yeah, and yeah, you look back and you're like, oh, we've been obsessed with vampires far longer than we thought we were. That's yeah, yeah, that really, that's so true. But what, what was it about it? Like, because that's the thing. Like, you know, my high school sort of like quasi goth phase had sort of like a romanticism of it in like. But I, but it's difficult to pinpoint which parts why. Like part of it, you know, teen girl like thoughts feelings, independence, like sexuality, like exploring the world, all these things, like fear of death in the abstract, long term, (laughs) like coming together, like there is this thing that sort of touches on all of those aspects. But like the different things that media interacted with, like and all that sort of placed it in this interesting area where it was like a fascination and a love of all this stuff. But like, was it just a like, would it have been vampires now? Is Was it like a perfect storm of the media of the day that we were exposed to and both like the attraction and the repulsion of it as a concept? Like, would it be the same? So... Like looking, so look for me personally, looking back and looking at like the evolution of the way I was obsessed with this shit. Because like I said, like Gravedale High was my jam. Scooby-Doo was my jam, especially the movies where like the supernatural was real. I think it was just the like, 
idea of these like group of kids that were like clearly on the outside of society Mm -hmm. and they were like weirdos and that was okay like there's this whole school of like these weirdo monster children and that was awesome and then like you do you kind of grow and you're like oh I love like vampires and werewolves because in these cartoons they were awesome I mean I was also a Ghostbusters girl with the little Ghostbuster cartoon I Um, think I think part of it and and you kind of you kind of touched on it these when when we were coming up, when we were kids, being the nerd, liking science fiction, liking comics and fantasy and horror. And like you even see it like a little bit on like when you watch Stranger Things, kids like that were on the outside. It was not acceptable. Like there was one time when I was talking to an older woman that I worked with and I just flat out called myself a geek. And she acted like I had just said the absolute worst thing about myself that I possibly could. Like, I just said that I hated myself or that I like I'm a terrible human being. And I'm like, no, it's it's what I am. I love all this stuff. But now with comics and science, like with anime and with everything that the outsiders liked being popular, it's like outs like the the kids are different these days you know like what is on the outside is different yeah i remember being actually like really super annoyed when twilight first came out and like all of a sudden claire's was selling stickers about like vampires and werewolf boyfriends and i was like i was the weird kid for how many years i had i did like i had there like i've i've had like you know like in the in the like early 2000s and like when things were really starting to become acceptable i really had a moment where i was so fucking mad because uh, like all the things that i liked that i got teased about we're po- like but i'm happy that kids are able to enjoy yeah, of course enjoy so, things. I mean, we paved the way for that right yeah so so, so like, us as adults say it's it's ex- what you yeah. like is valid and acceptable. and like as as a parent like i am sharing that love of stuff with with owen like he his favorite movie for the longest time was tron legacy like what kid like that and that's still his favorite movie like i introduced star wars to him we're watching mystery science theater 3000 together so like it it's so good that like now like whenever and anytime i see like backlash against you know science fiction fantasy marvel movies i'm like because especially like People like Martin Scorsese are always like, oh, this isn't cinema. This isn't like everything has to be high cinema. You know, there have always been cheesy movies. There have always been I, I, fun things. It's it's funny that Scorsese says that because you look at something like Dune, which is essentially classic sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And you look at the new Dune film and that's it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. It's, it's just so well mm-hmm. made. And it's like they they. People people act like there have never been movies and a, and a genre that took over. Westerns took over for 10,000 years, you know, back in the day. You had, I mean, to the point they were making them like overseas in Italy. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they were cheap and easy to oh, make. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, the the 50s always... was founded on a horror movie. Like the uh, Universal Studios yeah. was founded on a horror franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like it always, so like I am, I am so thankful for like the kids are able to find 
things these days that and it's and it is more acceptable, you know, and there's always going to be the outsider kid that is going to get, you know, have, you know, issues and there's always going to be something and, you know, kids are fucking cruel. But like, I am glad that it is more acceptable to be a nerd and a geek. But yeah, like I will never forget. I'm like calling myself a geek and she acted like I called myself a fucking idiot or something like it was just bizarre. See, because I grew up uh, without access to a lot of like normal American channels. And so a lot of my references are like weird boomer stuff. Yeah. Um, we we watched a lot of uh, I watched a lot of B horror mm-hmm. films with my dad. So like my probably my first interaction with vampires would be like the old Nosferatu. Oh films. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bella Lugosi, mm-hmm. that kind well, of thing. And I watched like I, my, my aunt was, was big into classic horror and all of that. And again, like, like you said, Nick at night, like I used to spend so much time at my grandparents' house and I watched a lot of that stuff too. So yeah, like all the, like we have this, our, like our generation is a very like weird bridge type of generation. Yeah. One of the things that I love, and I was trying to like, again, as soon as you're like, name a thing that you like about this. And I'd be like, I've never even heard of that before. What are you talking about? And could tell you everything about it 10 minutes later. Um, I have a deep, deep love of like audio stories mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. deep love of like the old time radio. Oh, shit. I love old time radio they have, shows. Like, suspense and weird circle and like, all of those things they're so good and there's some truly creepy scary stories mm-hmm. from like predominantly i think like the late 40s like early 50s um they touch around all sorts of scary stuff and these were super popular some of them were like five days a freaking week but they they've always had the the horror or the scary or mm-hmm. the the things through there and some of that shit still holds up in like the tension and the drama of it all so it's like across all different sorts of media that people like tell the different stories about mm-hmm. like the different monsters and it's you know, just as we we go through the meaning and the representation of them change over time and i think as we've gotten so much more media it's become more diversified in the representation, mm-hmm. right? Like it was the Dracula, the Dracula, then like the Bela Lugosi and all those Draculas. He was the vampire. The vampire sort of was this thing visually. I um, mean, you sort of had a more centralized representation, especially, you know, in like Western traditions and whatnot. But like, mm-hmm. as you go through and break it out, like you start getting more in like the 60s and the 70s, you've got all the different takes. Like you've got like Blackula, you've got like all the more like the lesbian like Draculas, you've got the the families going out mm-hmm. and then the different versions of it. Like freaking Count Yorga, who's amazing. I love the Count Yorga movies. You've mm-hmm. got like the different pieces and things. Um, my boyfriend gets a lot of like the Kino Lorber and like the Arrow, the like Scream Factory and all those things, mm-hmm. like when they do the sales. And we just watch like the house that dripped blood. And the fourth segment of that is about a vampire stuff. And it's so good. And it's great. And it's cheesy and it's wonderful and like creepy, but just like as media becomes more accessible across different formats and different formats, it it continues to change and diverge. Mm -hmm. So there's like scary virus vampires that are like, just like gross and creepy and like, like where vampires are only bad yucky guys. And Mm -hmm. then the vampires that are like sexual fantasy representations only. That's only about that, like wish fulfillment of like, I am 
I don't want to be in control or charge of my sexuality, but I want to explore the feelings it gives me. So vampires are the sexy creature. Oh, I can't help myself. And like, so I'm not responsible for the pleasure that that I want to seek because someone else is doing it like that fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Then going out like, Gravedale High. We've got like <laughs> I'm a vampire in my in, in high school, vamping it up. Like with all the different representations, giving people different ways mm-hmm. to approach the monster in different monstrous levels. Yeah. And like we in the nineties, you hit right in interview with a vampire. Oh, gothically romantic. And then you've got kindred, soap, melodrama, like intriguing world, and all those things. And then right into Buffy, mm-hmm. where like vampires are bad but it can be complicated yeah and like it just sort of hinges there on that like and just so many different ways taking that mythic ideal and looking at it from all of the angles and it's not just i'm a dude in the cape and a castle like the (laughs) children of the night what music they make but it's i am everything and everyone has their own version now mm-hmm. because it's so more ubiquitously across society. There is vampire shit, but it's not the one type. Yep. Just want to, I'll tie right that down, but I love it. I love it. I love the concept of, sorry, just things this is doing to my hair, these headphones, it's distracting me because I can see it happening because <laughs> I keep touching it and it's moving back and forth. But yeah, I love the idea of like taking these iconic monsters and like what they represent Mm -hmm. as like archetypes and like mythic character things and translating over time how it changes and what it means. Like we're still in like our zombie thing as a people. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But we're zombies are mostly bad, but then there's zombie romance, rom-coms. But like vampires is just, just interesting how it changes depending on who it's for and who it's yeah, I think to. the you know the 90s had a lot there was a like late 90s into the early 2000s there was a, like this vampire boom where yeah. it seems like oh yeah every other thing was about vampires mm-hmm. and you're right like we're in our zombie era right yeah now. We're yeah and it's like well what what's the sort of like societal catalyst for that in a lot of ways right like because we were talking about like the idea that in some ways you would think that like lycanthropy is closer to like big societal thing, mm-hmm. like with the AIDS crisis and, and that epidemic that like lycanthropy sometimes feels like it would be more, if you're doing a supernatural representation and telling a story where there, it ties in, it would be that. Like vampirism is blood related, but it's, it's doesn't, it's not quite the same. So yeah. like, how did we move to it? Was it just a couple things sort of hit and grabbed the imagination and sort of rolled that up and we diverged from there? But like, how well, I think when you're focus? talking about film and television, when you have something like you have, at, at least in film and television, things boil down to money. So you see, like, okay, this this interview with the vampire hit film, you, Buffy hit series, like Twilight made a shit ton of money. So then everybody is like coming out of the woodwork and saying, well, vampire stories make money. Yeah. I want to jump on the vampire train to try and make money. So I'm not sure, like, I, I don't know that, what the initial catalyst yeah. would be, but but that's like, how that's how it ends up snowballing. Like, yeah, because like I it think, has to hit and resonate with something to be profitable and right. to have that explored. So like, just interesting how certain things hit, and then it's not like like three years later, people are like, oh, remember when we all liked vampires? That was dumb. Now we're all about sea monsters. Like they just taking days. I'm like, to get into our sea monster phase. 
I'm still waiting for I us to have a werewolf boom, man. I know. We have I know. Werewolf has always sort of felt a little bit like it's there. There's werewolf shit going down. It's just never well, like. I think always- werewolves are probably big in like the 70s when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was there was a lot of. But oh, werewolves always come with the vampires. Mostly, at least. Yeah. Not always. But I, I think right now the reason we're in our zombie era is because everything seems particularly post-apocalyptic yeah. right now. Yeah. So, uh, Zombies so it's like an easy minute. metaphor for like society is falling apart. Well, and you know. we, we proved with COVID that the people who say that they would be able to survive the zombie apocalypse would be the ones that would hide the zombie bite. Yeah, it's been zombies for like a decade and a half at least. Yeah. Since Walking Dead came out at least. It's like Shaun yeah. of the Dead, it was like two thousand four. Yeah. Yeah. Zombies have had their time. That's Twenty it's time, years. It's oh my god. Somebody else have a turn. Like I need werewolves. to go roll myself into the lake where the geese are and just like become one with nature. Because I just said out loud, Shaun of the Dead was 2004, and that's like 20 years ago. So <laughs> pardon me. Yes. It's time uh. to Well, I mean that's nothing compared to some of the shows that we were talking about. Also, oh my God, I think there's some kind of, if I Google Shaun of the Dead, there might be zombies or some weird little creature chasing a man who's running. What? Pull up a Google tab and, and Google Shaun of the Dead and see if that happens for you. Okay, hold like, on. Google. Right under the search bar. Yes, there's a little guy emoji running and there's a bunch I of- think there's, it's a zombie? There's some zombie emojis chasing after him. Okay. Yes. I just yes! had. Oh my God, I needed I other. <laughs> oh yeah, that does happen. That doesn't happen if I. And he's going the other Dracula. way now. He's going the other way now. <laughs> yeah. I, I want more things. It, it didn't. It. Uh, I googled Dracula dead and loving it. Um, I love when Google. That's a good one. Oh my God! But yes. I'm only. I'm only just seeing it for Shaun of the Dead. Weird. I love when Google does weird little things like that. Like it's. This does actually seem like a good place to leave it because we just did really talk about like what the whole vampire genre means to us as people. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think this is probably the best place to leave it. This, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I think I think that's it. Um, thank you guys for being here and 100 episodes. I yes. can't believe we're one. <laughs> Yay! Hungry. Congrats, you guys! Legitimately, congratulations! That's thank you. Yeah. Thank insane. you. I mean, you've made a, like most television shows don't make 100 episodes and they have like right. a budget with like production staff we're doing this and for people free. who need this for their livelihood you guys are doing this for love and it's 100 episodes and that's honestly a remarkable accomplishment and you guys i know deserve a lot of congratulations. Like just us every sunday yelling about buffy yeah like, like- <laughs> I mean, but it's what we love to do. And and truly, everyone who is still with us at yeah. this point, thank you guys so much. Like, seeing how many people are listening to this and knowing that we have people listening all over the world. Yeah. We see our little map and we know that even if there's like one person in France, there is someone in there's France somebody in listening France. to us rant about Buffy. Oh, yeah. And believe me, every, every time like a Buffy video comes up on TikTok, I'm going to be like, hey, if you like Buffy, you should listen to my podcast. <laughs> Uh, except the people who make videos just to like 
put down Xander. I don't think they've listened oh, to our podcast. I don't no. think they'd like it. Uh, no, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely don't recommend our podcast to them because they will not have a good time. Um, but yeah, so our next episode will be ep- uh, season five, episode six, Family, which has Amy Adams. So Yay. that's going to be fun. And until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you should come subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.